Welcome to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast, your place to learn how to run a profitable six-figure e-commerce business that gives you the financial freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, an e-commerce marketing mentor, Facebook ad specialist, speaker, and mum based in Hobart, Tasmania. With over 11 years experience in the industry, experience coaching hundreds of e-commerce business owners through my signature program, Ecom Igniter, and up to the minute insights from my Facebook ad agency, Unstoppable E-Commerce. I'm here to educate and empower you to create your own unstoppable e-commerce business. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode and let's jump in. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I hope you are having a great day. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Amy Clark of Confetti Rebels. With a background in graphic design, Amy left the corporate world to empower individuals to embrace their authentic selves and celebrate their unique identities through her slogan tees and unique clothing and accessories. As one of my favorite Aussie brands, I'm excited to have Amy on the show today. And I think you're really going to love Amy's real talk because business is not all sunshine and rainbows. She's talking to us about the ups and downs of her journey over the last six years from startup to a huge warehouse and digital agency and the journey to downsize again. She also shares her marketing tool that's getting her a crazy 40% conversion rate. (gasps) Let's jump in. Before we begin today, I'd like to acknowledge the Palawa people of Lutruwira as the first people and custodians here through all of time. The warm, loving feeling of home is felt here and it's a testament to the nurturing and care you've provided this country for thousands of years. I pay respect to the elders and acknowledge them as the wisdom holders and the teachers of the Palawa community. Okay, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Hello. It has been in the making for a while, balancing children and illness and everything else, and we finally managed to make it happen. Yep. In that build-up, people have been getting excited and I've had some questions sent through, so I've got a few from me today and a few from the audience. I hope that's all right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm all ears. But for those who don't live in my bright bubbly clothing world tell us what is confetti rebels confetti rebels like it's so funny i get asked this all the time and i would say the brand is constantly evolving and changing but essentially i sell empowering apparel to women and those that identify um to spark joy and bring bright and colorful you know clothing to people's lives essentially so yeah that's what confetti rebels is with a side of accessories as well. I've been eyeing off in the background some new, not yet released items and I'm just having like little squeal moments here because I've just been told it's not out till Christmas. So I've got to wait another few months. Oh. You'll have a few months to wear it before Christmas. But yeah, yeah, no, I've got a lot of products okay. here that I'm just working on to make sure they're right for everybody and make sure everyone gets as excited about them as I do. So yeah, I think the product testing must be the fun part. It really is. And the product creation as well. I love doing all that kind of stuff. And I have no one to answer to. Was this something that you've always done or how did you get into it? I've always loved fashion, even though I wouldn't say I am fashionable, but, you know, I never studied it or anything at university. I studied graphic design, but Uh, I've always... Ah, so you've got the graphic design background. That makes a lot of sense. The graphic design background. So I worked in big corp for a few years before having my children and 
I used to make my own T-shirts, you know, even things at Christmas time. My mum and I would make our own little, you know, T-shirts with like dangly bits on them and things. So I've always kind of, yeah, I liked, you know, I'd buy plain white sneakers and colour them in. And I always liked, you know, stuff that wasn't worn by anybody else. I know that sounds really weird, you know, but I didn't really, I didn't have that drive to create my own fashion line or anything, but I kind of started Confetti Rebels six years ago. I was making the t-shirts myself, like painting, you know, my own slogans and things on there. And I'm like, you know what? After a few comments from people, they're like, you know, you should, you should make t-shirts. You should put your creativity and your design onto T-shirts. And I'm like, well, who would wear that? And Me. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it seems like people do. And it sort of started off having T-shirts that I really only produce T-shirts that are meaningful to myself. And it just so happens that yeah, a lot of people yeah. resonate with the slogans as well. Like it's so hard to come out with anything original in regards to a slogan. You know, obviously people have heard slogans like, you know, no rain, no flowers, be kind to your mind and kind people are my kind of people, those kind of things. But um, Whereas the first T-shirt I bought from you said, I'm a fucking delight. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, that actually, a I, bit different. I, I did come up with that one actually myself. But yeah, so it's just, you know, I just take those slogans and I'm like, this is what appeals to me. This is what resonates with me. This is what, you know, fills my cup. So I'm going to produce, you know, that slogan. So the designs are all my own. But, yeah, it's just like I'm like, oh, I've seen that. That sounds awesome. I, I, you know, I might use that. So, yeah. Amazing. So six years it's been running now. I know. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. feels like yesterday I started. I'm assuming you've learnt a lot along the way. Um, I am going to get into a few questions around sort of what it looks like now. Mm. But take me back to the early days because you've grown a following of over 50,000 people on Instagram. And I remember seeing a post that you once put out and it said just because I have 50,000 followers doesn't mean that everything flies off the shelves. No. So has that been? Oh, sorry, you go. No, I was like that's obviously from the outside people must look at that. People look at vanity metrics a lot and go, oh, she's so successful. Everything she put up must just sell straight away. And obviously you do have some sex with things coming out, but what has been that sort of process of growing your community but also not just them loving an Instagram profile because of the fun sayings but actually them wanting to purchase? Honestly, the benefit of having 50k followers is things like when you want to do product collaborations and things like that obviously the other brand looks at your following and goes hey look you know you're beyond a micro influencer now you're in uh, you know the 50 to 100k mark where you know you've got a good following I haven't bought my followers I haven't even done Facebook ads to get followers or things like that so I guess it works from a business beneficial side because you can leverage off those followers to to have you know hey like I've got an event coming up or I'm organizing this or I've, I want to do this collab with you and then they kind of the brand looks at your your Instagram follower goes oh yeah yeah but like in reality 10 to 15 percent of people on average see your post a day like yeah. I actually just saw an Instagram post the other day and Cassie King designs and she does really amazing um like plates and acrylic bowls and things like that like but all neon and really cool yeah. funky and she was like she did this amazing post about you know instagram going hey you've got this many followers you know you should really benefit and she's like oh cool like what do i get for that and they're like oh yeah like you only get you know 15 people a day i'll see your stories or something like that and she's like why do i bother with that and they're like oh but you know well you could pay for it and then you could get more kind of thing so yeah i mean and also it, it's a good rap sheet for like you know trying to impress my nephews and stuff when they 
think I'm this daggy auntie. And I'm like, hey, like my youngest nephew thinks I'm the coolest thing in town, but my oldest nephew's caught in on it and he's like, yeah, I don't care. What do they think of your dancing? They're so used to it. Like, you know, they're older now, so they're just like, you know, there goes Amy again. But yeah, so in regards to that, it's been, you know, a long battle getting those followers but yeah not necessarily does it equate to sales all the time like it's really good in regards to you know if I need to sell a product off really quickly or I've got you know five left of some sort of stock I get online and I'm like hey this is what's left quickly grab grab what's left kind of thing so stories really work well with that because it's immediate it's then there you can add the link to the product and things like that so That's where it comes really good in stories, but, you know, a lot of things are delayed half the time or people don't see your stories for like 24 hours later and you've already sold that product or you've only got one of the random size left and they're like, oh, I miss this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, it's been great for that. And obviously building up product launches as well. You know, I always do a product launch. I always build up a product launch two weeks before. So it's really good for getting people on my subscriber list and things like that. Yeah. Talk us through that because I was part of your last launch where you did the chul skirts. Mm Mm-hmm. And you built a lot of buzz and excitement around that before it went live. I was one of those first 10 or something that jumped on the text message and was like, yep, buying it right now. So what's your strategy around that? Look, I never used to do, like email just got built up randomly. And my first protocol for anybody starting a business or who has an established business, but it's not the SMS newsletter isn't, uh, not the SMS, the, the newsletter isn't growing or their subscribers aren't growing, grow those subscribers because it's invaluable. At the end of the day, you've got, when you send an email, it can sit in someone's inbox for years. You put a post up on Instagram, it might be there for 24 hours and then you've lost that person. So emails are great. They've got link throughs, everything like that. That is your core customer. That's your core, you know, that's your first priority. I always say build your email subscribers. And I found that last year with the Christmas launch, I did the chill sleeve t-shirts. People got really frustrated because I only emailed and they said, oh, you know, we didn't check, we don't check our emails. Like, you know, us business people, we check our emails. Like I check my emails (laughs) hourly and I get notifications. addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah. I get notifications (laughs) if I get more than 10 in a row and I'm like, oh God, I better go on there and check. But Other people like, you know, my sister-in-law who doesn't have anything to do with social media or whatever, she might check her email every three days and you've missed out on a launch and you've missed out on a product. And I had probably, yeah, five to 10 customers really disappointed. And they're like, can you do text message SMSing? Because uh, like, obviously it's SMSing newsletters because that way we'll get it immediately. And I was so anti-text message. I hate text message marketing. I still hate it to this day because I don't know how I've managed to sign up, but there's certain cleaning brands that text message me three, four times a week, you know, nurseries text message me. And like, obviously I've clicked on that, you know. Somewhere along the line with Presti S, yeah. You can't actually physically, you know, get anyone's details without their authority. But yeah, I hated it. And I started a course with a marketing girl about three or four months ago, just before the chill skirts released. And she's like, you've got to do text mix. And I'm like, oh, why? Do I have to? Yeah, I I know. (laughs) So I make a pact and a promise to my customers. I say only send one to two a month. And that actually suits me fine anyway, because they cost a lot of money to send. 
because um, yeah, it's okay. di- it's so direct and you've got to send them in at specific times. You know, you can't send them past 8 o'clock at night or you can't send them before, you know, 9 in the morning. So I did my launches around those timeframes and I basically said to anyone, if you want this product, sign up for SMS. You are the first in line. Literally, you don't need to queue up at that Apple store and, you know, five days beforehand. (laughs) You will get that text message. You'll get a direct link that no one else will have and you can get your size, your product, exactly what you want. And people went nuts for it. Like, I think uh, for the chill skirts, I I got about eight, nine hundred subscribers in 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 a week and I was like yeah and I was one of those because I normally don't give my number to anyone I hate talking on the phone and I hate the marketing texts you know they're usually people that I haven't given my number to you know political or whatever yeah you're like how do you get that and when you were like you need to be first in line give me your number I was like okay you can have it And I did. I jumped straight on and purchased. You can always unsubscribe. So if you only ever like that product, you can straight after. Please don't, but you can always unsubscribe. But, yeah, I make a pact. I say I promise you you will get one or two a month. You will get nothing else from me because, yeah, they cost a fortune. And also it's annoying. I find them annoying, but it is effective. Have you found that the texts, though, are more effective than emails? Oh, 100%. Like I think my, I think it's like something like 45% of people that got the text messages in my last two launches purchased. So, yeah, exactly. So it's it's direct. It's there. Like I had some mum Facebook message me or Instagram message me. She's like, I'm just, I'm breastfeeding my child in the dark, but the text came through and I bought the skirt literally straight away. Um. (laughs) thank you like I wouldn't have thought to pick you know I did so much shopping when I was breastfeeding (laughs) oh so did I and Pinterest boarding I did Pinterest boarding like it was yeah so it is a hundred percent effective you've just got to do it the right way and you've got to if you would find it annoying then don't do that to your customers I say exactly like it's the big brands that annoy the shit out of me I'm just like oh god you know what we don't actually want to hear from you every day yeah I don't care if you've got, like, I don't sign up to Adairs text messaging and I'm not bagging on Adairs because I love Adairs, but I swear to God I get an email from them daily and I'm like, yeah. oh, but I might still stay. I still need to, like, I need to stay on the just, newsletter. Just in case I want that sale, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> even though they're on sale every day. Yeah, so that's definitely an effective marketing tool. Like I remember a couple of, I think it was three or four months ago, Facebook or Instagram went down. And one of my friends was launching a product that day and she just shot herself in the foot. I'm like, well, that's cool. Send it out to your marketing, your email subscribers. She's like, I've got to be like a thousand. I'm like, what are you doing? You need like. That's the thing. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're using, there's no guarantee. Your email list, even if your email provider goes down, you can still take that list and move it elsewhere. As long as you're getting it legally, you know, you own that list and you can market to them. Absolutely. It's invaluable. So, yeah, that's that's the first point of call. I'd say stress, not stress, but focus on your newsletter and your emails before. And like, you know, there's so many. I use Clavio. I love Clavio. The stats are great. I'm glad you didn't plug anything else because that's what I recommend and love. (laughs) Yeah, Clavio is the best. Like I was on MailChimp and I I switched over. It works really well with its analytics, you know, reporting back from um, Shopify and things like that. And yeah, it's, it's just so much more effective and you can just work out what sells well. And design, you know, I'm a graphic designer, yet I still ca- I use Canva like no tomorrow. You can basically type in an email newsletter and 500 come up and you pick whatever one suits your colour and your branding, chuck your logo in, chuck your products in. 
like Bob's your uncle. Literally, you can download the JPEG, pop it in, and there's your email. So, you know, I find these days there's so much you can do, sadly, without needing graphic designers anymore, hence why I'm not a graphic designer anymore. (laughs) So... Well, I think you found a pretty good alternate path. Yeah, yeah, because I, I can. I, I know. I'm glad you did because I love also wearing clothes that are different and stand out. And people go, "Oh, I love that." Yeah, and now people can tell. I have friends go, "Oh, is that confetti rebel?" Oh, yes, I yes, love it, it. I love it. Yeah, I try. <laughs> to whenever be there's a new one, we're always tagging each other. She's got the <gasps> mince pies before guys oh, at Christmas that she wears to our Christmas parties. I and- love that one. <laughs> I want to relaunch it, but I'm like, I don't think I could do it three, four years in a row. I think I've got to find some. You know how hard it is to come up with a Christmas slogan that hasn't been used before and one that. Yeah, actually, that would be a tricky one. Yeah, well, that's why all my Christmas T-shirts, I'm going to have Christmas slogans this year. They're going to have festive, fun, celebration, you know, live life slogans rather than a Christmas slogan because if you're paying $95. I like that because you can kind of wear it year round then, right? Just be festive all the time. That's it. If you're paying $95 for a fabulous T-shirt, you want to be wearing it more than Christmas. So I learned my lesson from that last year. So, yeah. Yes. Especially if it's got fabulous sleeves. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Okay, a few questions that we got through. One was, where can they learn your dance moves? <laughs> the next was about your SMS marketing. So you've covered that one for me. Yep. Um, but Faleska from Delivering Joy said, I'd love to know how she finds the time to generate so much content. Oh, see, I don't feel like I do enough. Like it's. <laughs> You know, the pressure to do, you know, 10 stories a day, a post every day. Oh, I know. And, look, you're talking to one one of the most unorganised people in the world. I am so unorganised. My brain runs at a 1,000 miles an hour, which I suppose is beneficial when you've got a business like this. But, you know, I mean, how many times have I had to reschedule this podcast because I'm just like <laughs> I forgot or I've got, like, you know, something going on and I, I you know. So how do I have the time? Honestly. I try to find, I find like trending reels or things, you know, just literally by scrolling. If I'm at like, you know, the kids soccer game or, you know, an appointment that's literally like mind numbing. So I sit and I, I save like a folder (laughs) on my Instagram of, you know, trending audio, trending videos I like, you know, for this month, I download them. And to be honest, they don't take long to do. You can edit it all in Instagram now and, you know, you just got to look at your stats and make sure that you post them at the right time. But, yeah, finding time to do the content, again, I feel like I don't I do not do enough, but it's just I it think. It definitely looks like you show up to me. Oh, and I don't even have a plan. I don't have Plannerly or Planner. or. It's just very ad hoc. It is. I just, I know, I know my specific times. Like I know around 6, 7 o'clock at night is my prime time to post on weekdays I know on weekday weekends it's nine in the morning like so you just look at your insights and you can get an idea of when people are online the most Uh, but like you know TikTok I meant everyone's like you're you're born for TikTok I absolutely flop (laughs) at TikTok I think I'm lucky to get two three hundred views per video and I I hate it with a passion because I don't feel like I can create my original content and even when I create original content, it doesn't trend and it's just such a harder. I feel like you can't be everywhere though, right? You can't. TikTok's one of those things that, yep, some people have gone really well with it, but yeah. for me it was the put-off was you need to be posting so often. And yes. I was like, nah, that's not me. <laughs> Right. And right. the trends and also the people, you don't get your community on there, I don't find. Like I have 16-year-old boys commenting like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, 
get lost. Like, who are you even? You're not even my prime target. Like, whereas Instagram, 95% of my sales come from Instagram, you know, through to Shopify. So why wouldn't I? And organically? Yeah. Like, I do run ads, but I can tell which ads you know, generate the yeah. the sales compared to Instagram ones. And yeah, like, why would I stop that? Why would I just go on to something else if it's, you know. And I, you then spreading yourself oh, thin to, and leaving your audience who's already, you know, mad keen. And you can't do the same reel for TikTok that's on Instagram. It doesn't, it doesn't translate for some reason. You know, you need yeah. to be creating it originally in TikTok and then uploading the trending song and you can't, you've got to have at least five words on the, Oh, my God. Although I, I do have an amazing um, person I do follow on TikTok that can show you how to build your reels and stuff, Anita from Hero Packaging. Oh, yes, she's lovely. We've had her on the podcast. She is. Yeah, and she does amazing TikTok tips. And I've saved all of his videos and not once applied <laughs> anything because, again, I don't have the time. So, but, yeah, she's do definitely. do that one day when I've got time folder. Yeah, she's she's a good one to follow on Instagram, uh, on TikTok. Oh, Instagram as well. Like, they're killing it on, on Instagram. So, but, yeah, just original. Be original, authentic, you know, content, and it will come easy. Yeah, love that. Uh, okay, she asked what you decide, what kind of content you put out as well. We've covered that. So what is she doing, what she does now from day one, or did it take a while for you to find your confidence and groove and nail down what worked for you? Oh, I always, I've always had confidence. I think that's the thing that, <laughs> you know, I've had years of, you know. If you could bottle and sell that. Whew. I know. Well, that's why I try to do it through the T-shirts, you know, wear that. If you, Like I've had people go, oh, I can't, I can't wear that T-shirt. I'm like, Why? Oh, it makes me, I feel like a wanker. I'm like, fuck it. It gives a shit what anyone thinks. Like, do you care what that person next to you walking down the street thinks of you? No. Why would you care? I wore my chul skirt to the supermarket the other day because someone said to me, I said, oh, now I just need somewhere to wear it. And they're like, just wear it to the supermarket. So I was wearing it to a birthday party. I managed to find one very similar for my two-year-old daughter. So we wore our matching tutus. And we had to go find a present first because me, last minute shopper. So we went to the shopping centre and the supermarket in our chill skirts. We made so many people smile That's that day. It. I was like, oh, why can't I wear it just randomly to the shopping centre? I'd like to hope that you do wear it randomly because, again, it doesn't deserve to sit in a cupboard like that. So, yeah, wear That's right. it. That's like, right. Too special to just collect dust. Oh, I wear mine to school pickup. I don't care what anyone thinks. But, <laughs> yeah, it, look, it, it has been a bit of a slow burn. Like I started, I had a business before Confetti Rebels, which was a greeting card business, and I think I got like, I may, I may have had like 900, 1,000 followers, but it's been like, what, six years of growing to 60K and I don't know, 50K, I would say that, I don't know, is that slow or is that fast? Like, you know, it, it's hard to know how you should be growing, like what's right and what's wrong. Like if you've got 1,000 followers that are just, like that's why micro-influencers work really well because they've got a real targeted following really diehard fans like I find that people with more Instagram followers it just gets like you know as you said spread thin and you don't I don't think you target the right people like you know I did an influencer collar many years ago and she had 500,000 followers and I was like I'm gonna absolutely rake it in I think we launched a t-shirt and I think we sold like 10 
And I'm like, what the hell? And she... She's like, oh, maybe it's because, like, majority of my followers are men. And I'm like, yeah, that. So that was my bad (laughs) for not. That would have been handy to know. Yeah, and that was my my bad for not researching or doing any kind of, you know. So you've got to. That's how you learn, right? It is. And you've got to kind of stalk the person and work out if they're right for you and that kind of thing. But, yeah, micro-influencers, I send a lot of stuff to micro-influencers because, A, they do really good content. B, they they love your stuff. They want to, you know. And I get, generally passionate about the brand and want to get it out there. Yeah, and if you start if you start having to pay people, it gets really bloody expensive, and you can't guarantee you're going to get that money back. So you know, there's a whole lot of places where you can pay influencers and all that shit, and I really don't know. I don't know if it's worth it unless it's a freaking Kardashian. Like you know, even then, even um, then, like you can't guarantee you're going to get that money back. So I do know a brand that paid one of the Kardashians, $100,000 for one post to start their brand. And I don't believe it paid off. No, I can't imagine. Like I was looking at the menu. Was it, who do they get? Uber Eats or, yeah, one of them. Like, oh, yes, And I'm yeah. like, God, I wonder how much Uber Eats pays them like to do. Oh. I'm like, yeah, I just don't have. And does it really affect whether or not you get Uber Eats? It's No, I'm hungry. No, I could care less. <laughs> I, I could care less if the Kardashian, and I know for a fact they don't get Uber Eats because they get that weird salad bowl that they shake all the time and that's not Uber Eats. So I'm pretty sure they get that stuff made in-house. So yeah. I'm sure, prob- I'm sure they've got a private chef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why would you target, like, why would you say that they were a great influencer when you know firsthand that they wouldn't use Uber Eats? But anyway, hey, each to their own. Yeah. We're talking about it. So you know that's right true true so what do you wish you knew when you started that you know now oh god honestly I'm constantly learning like the same thing like with collabs you know don't necessarily go for the bigger people because they're not necessarily going to produce like the revenue or the sales that you think they're going to do I think on a more personal journey I wish that I didn't give a shit what people thought too much and I should have gone with my heart a lot more rather than thinking this will be better for the business if I do this. Like it's just... That's a hard thing to learn. That takes time, hey? Such a hard thing. And look, my business expanded tenfold during COVID. Like I felt terrible. There were so many businesses closing down because they, you know, the arts community, the music industry, everything like that, you know, uh, the restaurant industry, food industry, and I was booming. Like I went from zero to 100 in a month. Like I couldn't believe how. It was a silver lining for e-commerce is, yeah, it really grew the industry. It was. And I grew and I I got a warehouse. I upgraded from like 20 square metres to 105 square metres. I got myself a digital team I had all these people working for me like off not in-house because obviously we were going through COVID virtually yeah Yeah, I got digital teams I got a VA I you know expanded I was sinking money in Facebook ads I was like this is going to make me money this is going to make me money and I realized that organic content was actually making me money not the actual agency like they were great they and I still love them to this day they set me up on everything. They set up my Clavio. They cl- set up all my flows. Flows are a yeah. really important thing as well that I learned. And then COVID kind of disappeared and people started going out again. And now, like, you know, there's no denying it. Interest rates are going up. Even myself, we're paying an extra 1000 2000 bucks a month in interest rate. 
the money isn't there to be spent on, unfortunately, e-commerce. Retail businesses are taking a massive hit now. And I've had to really like rein it in. I had to get rid of my digital team. I had to start learning ads myself. I had to work out how am I going to do this on my own because I can't afford to keep these overheads anymore. And I just thought the more... I've kind of gone through both extremes, really. Yeah. I thought the more you had, the better your business was going to grow and the better your big business was going to, you know, absolutely go nuts. And it didn't. I had an investor in my business and I sunk all that money. I lost it all. Thank God I, I regained it back in December with the Christmas stock. But that was way before I got rid of my, uh, way after I got my digital team, I got rid of my digital team. So that was organic. Yeah. So you don't That's need. stressful, hey? It is. You don't need the bells and whistles. If you are growing at, you know, experiential rate that you do need that, then that's great. But if you can try and do stuff yourself, A, you'll learn more about your business. You will become more yeah. passionate about it. And again, like you're like, oh, well, maybe I, if I outsource, I'll have more time to do stuff. If you have a small business or you have an e-commerce or your e-commerce retail business or even a bricks and mortar store, you're still going to sink your time into it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you know, You'll find something else to do with that time. With yeah, that time. I'm not going to go out on my yacht that I don't have and, you know, live my life because I've obviously in the, I'm in the sense where I just love, I love to work. I work on my business. It's just something, yeah. it's like the meme that's gone around. I quit my, you know, big expensive day job, my corp job to become so a small. I can work 80 hours for myself instead of 40 hours exactly. for someone else yep. you know it's just you got to so you you know from the very start if your heart's going to be in it I'm working yeah. just as much as I was six years ago if not harder especially in this current climate so yeah so and I think profit's so much more important for people to think about too rather than huge revenue you can do a lot a lot of revenue and make no totally. profit or you can have a much smaller business with a much higher profit margin if you can keep things to the point where you can do them yourself absolutely like my profit margin now is actually higher even though I've I've gotten rid of my warehouse I got rid of my digital team because that was money I was just sinking into the business yeah and wasn't making those return on advertising so yeah I I just I man I'm lucky my rent was up in October and I literally went from 100 square of like warehouse to now I'm in 60 square meters I learned that well instead of holding stock here I can quickly you know I can move it quite quickly or you know, I won't order until the last minute and then I'll know or, or I do pre-orders and wholesale yeah. as well. The minute it gets printed, it goes out the door so I don't need to hold stock here. I've got yeah. so much room here that I literally packed up my warehouse and brought it here and it still fit. So, and I'm saving myself 20K yeah, okay. a year because I'm not paying that rent. So, yeah, it, it's just, and I was massively, I felt defeated. I was like, I thought I'd made it when I got my own warehouse. I thought, you know, you yeah. see all the warehouse posts of people, they're walking around, they're like, well, look at us now. We've grown so much. Like, yeah, but I, they... I totally get it. I remember, like, you're talking to me in my home office. I used to have an office in the city because I thought, you know, a big agency had to have the glamorous office. So I was spending thousands and thousands on rent, you know, CBD. Yes, Hobart's not as bad as some other places, but still, you know, in the CBD I was like, I do everything online. Why the hell do I need an office? You know, I bought all the best office furniture. I invested, wasted, not invested. I wasted so much money at the beginning of my business thinking that I had to look a certain way or, you know, have certain things. 
And when I finally realized, you know what, I can actually scale all that shit down. Why shouldn't I work from home? I don't have to pay parking. I don't have to go anywhere. Like I'm talking to you in my Ugg boots and I love it so much more. But there's always, always that feeling of like defeat afterwards because you perceive this thing that you should have been like this. And it was like, I did, I felt really defeated when I was like, oh, I can't really afford all that rent anymore. I'm going to bring it back home. Like what a failure. Now I'm like, anyone talks about office. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm really yeah. happy. <laughs> my little home office comfy with my panel heater and my Ugg boots and I can go and give daughter a cuddle. Like, Yeah. And you, as I said, you're in your own space. Like I think people like Tony Robbins and, you know, God love him, Richard Branson, you know, good on him. But they're so unrelatable and, you know, they make you feel like, yeah. you know, if you do this, you get this and that, you know, oh, that is. Sorry, and it's like, marketing. whatever. <laughs> like, I'm happy. I'm happy in my little warehouse because I've saved myself 20K a year. I can either buy that with stock or I've added that now to my wage. Like, I'm earning more than I've ever earned yeah. in a graphic design job than I am now. Like, oh, no, I'm earning more now than I ever have been yeah. in a graphic design job. And yeah, you've just got to, you just got to take the humble approach and go. What suits you? Yeah. yeah. Forget about what everyone else thinks. Exactly. You can make a pretty good setup in your own space and no one will pay attention. So like, yeah, it's all about just, you've got to make those really wise business decisions and you've got to also have a little bit of failure to pull you back in line and go, Hey, this is, you know, I got to do this otherwise. Cause my husband, we were getting to October, you know, September, October last year. And he's just like, I'm looking at your numbers. He goes, I can't see Confetti Rebels lasting another six months like this. And I'm like, shit, what do I do? Yeah. And he goes, well, here are your overheads. This is what's not working. And this is what you're paying. And this is this, and we've got to change it. And I did. So, and it's working now. Thank God. And yeah. Confetti Rebels can. And thank goodness you did because I would have been so sad to not see the brand around. Yeah. So I love it. it. And I think it does bring so much positivity to people. And I love like when I brought up your website, it said fierce tees for fierce women. I was like, yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Good old Google. I've, I think I've got to change that actually. I'm going to be um, boring tees be gone. So. I like that. Okay. Thank you so much for having a chat with us today. It's really nice for people to see the true story behind a brand because a lot of people would see from the outside, you know, maybe your big flashy when you move to your warehouse. Yeah. And they don't see, you know, the struggles that you go through as well and that you can downsize and still come out the other side and be a success. So I really thank you for um, sharing all of that with us. And it is true. Like, don't believe what you see on Instagram. Like, even sometimes I say it's smoke the and mirrors. highlight's real, right? Yeah, like it's smoke and mirrors. And you can make something look fabulous and it's not. But as I said, I'm being completely honest right now. It's a really hard time for retail. And anyone kind of people selling programs and any kind of like luxury item it's really hard. Yeah. Like I'm noticing brands that never, ever went on sale are going on sale now. And I'm like, wow, yeah. like you can tell which ones, well, everyone is essentially, unless you sell business advice or something like that, but it will get Even better. Then, yeah. It will get better, but you've just got to be smart right now and work out what you're going to invest your money in that is going to pay and make a difference in your business. And if it means, you know, getting a business coach or getting someone like that, you know, try and avoid the big social media marketing agencies. I really highly suggest them because they're shitting bricks right now. I know Even with an agency myself, I still recommend people, and that's why I've got the Igniter program, 
learn themselves. Yes. All my clients are ex-students because I don't believe you should pay someone to do your ads until you fully understand how they work yourself. As I said, I'm not anti-agencies. I love them. As I said, without my agency before, I wouldn't have had all my flows set up. I wouldn't have had a good idea of what's going on. But with times being tough, you know, learn how to do your own flows, learn how to run your own ads, take control of your business. If things are slow right now, what I really recommend people are doing is, okay, pull back those big overheads, like you said, but learn, invest. If you're going to invest anything, invest in yourself and learn how to do those things because it will save you money in the long run, being able to manage your own, you know, marketing, advertising, make your website convert better so that you're not having to get more traffic, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You see like a couple of the social media agencies come up on your Instagram going, oh, like we can show you how to make 15, my, where our client made $15,000 worth of sales in one day just by this one tactic. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's we're never gonna, like We're going to tell you one little bit of the story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you got to sign up. But like, as I said, I, I've learned a lot from doing programs and I've learned, you know, a lot more about my business. As I said, if you take the reins yourself, but again, I don't dis big social media agencies as well, because they also can make your brand really work well. But you've just got to, as I said, in this current climate, work out. You've got to have that money to invest until you're there. Don't take the big jump. Take the small step and learn it yourself. And then you can take that next step later. Absolutely. Yeah. Good advice. Completely agree with you. Amazing. So if anybody is looking or listening to this thinking, these teas sound amazing, where can we find you? Confettirebels.com.au, typing confettirebels on Instagram. Give me a TikTok follow because you know how hard it has been for me to get <laughs> any kind of followers on TikTok. But um, yeah, and if you sign up as a VIP on my email or SMS subscriber, you get 10% off your first order. And front row seats to all, yeah, front row seats to all my new release launches. And usually they sell out. Yep. So there you go. Yes. And I am getting a sneak peek today. You definitely want to get on this list. (laughs) I'm seeing such exciting things behind you. You got to be in it to win it. Thank you so much, Amy. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. 